Guess what? I'm moving country again. I don't know. Maybe a year. Maybe more. Where's home? Home's everywhere. I'm an expat. Hello, it's Pauline. Welcome to a new episode of Meet the Expats. Today I meet with Nicole, who is an American who has been living for the past three to four years in Malaga, Andalusia, has created a lot of content about the region on Instagram, so definitely go check it out. And she's going to tell her about her experience and the local traditions. Hi, Nicole, how are you? Hi there. I'm very good. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here and to share my experiences. Excited to have you also. I I definitely checked out a couple of your spots when I was in Malaga last year, I think. Definitely. Um, my my Instagram, for example, I'm I'm showing the best of the places that I've been. So for sure, I, I hope you've checked them out and I hope you've really liked them. Malaga definitely is a lot to give. It's a big, it's big. It's a big it's coast. Big. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not the typical city we expect in Andalusia, for sure. But exactly. I would, I would totally agree with you. It's definitely, it's along the coast. So there's so many villages to check out. There's the, obviously the main capital where I live. Uh, it's exciting. Malaga is a good place. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll let you introduce yourself briefly, and then we'll dive into how you moved. <laughs> Fantastic. So um, a little bit about myself. Obviously, my name is Nicole. I am from uh, the USA. I'm from the East Coast. Right. So my lifestyle was uh, before a little bit more fast-paced, a little bit different from the style that I'm in now. I started my journey. Yeah. <laughs> I started my journey in Spain as a travel abroad student. Okay. So that's kind of interesting. I took a semester to learn Spanish and to kind of explore Europe. Right. Um, and so now obviously I live and I work in Spain and I'm currently continuing my journey with music. Oh, so nice. Exciting. Yeah. So um I've been working a little bit more with my music since I've settled. Because, you know, once you settle, you get to do a little bit more of the things you enjoy. Yeah, thanks for you. <laughs> for myself, um, definitely by far it was the best decision of my life, obviously, because I've stayed so long. I've mm. been so, um, I've been happy. It's a complete game changer. Right. Definitely. So you started with a semester abroad. How did you go from the semester abroad of I'm living there full time? So um, I was first as a as a study abroad student, I really got into it. I really enjoyed it. Um, and then looking through the internet and finding ways to get back to Europe, um, I started with a, a program called NALCAP, N-A-L-C-P. Right. Um, and this was a way for people abroad, for example, people in the United States or English speakers to work and live in Spain for a certain amount of time as a language okay. assistant. Right. I was working as a teacher, mm-hmm. and that was a great way for me to, you know, get back into the culture, to be able to stay longer than a semester. Okay. And uh, for me, that's kind of how it started. And then right. later, you know, you fall in love with the place. Perhaps you fall in love, and then the rest. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's your way of how how you got there at the language assistant, and what was what was the motivation for you? What made you say, I, 
I want to go back. I want to settle again. Well, I think for me, um, I guess because in a way, I've really always loved the Spanish culture. I've always loved to, um, I've always loved the idea of of Europe. So as an American, it's something that uh, we speak of often, you know, especially, for example, Paris was the number one place. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to go to Paris. It's going to be my American dream. You know, these little dreams that you have. Mm. <laughs> well, and, 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 and that dream, is it like the architecture, the way of life, the... What definitely. Is it in it? It's the history and it's definitely the language. So what okay. fascinated me the most was language. At the time I was learning Spanish. Mm. Um, so to be able to go to Spain, to live in Spain, to yeah. know that, you know, it's, it's close to something that I've always wanted to do. Um, I had a love for languages. So I said, yeah. this is it is my opportunity to do something for myself, to get out there, to practice more because yeah. immersion in a way, you know, it's the only way. <laughs> it's the only way. So in my mind, I started in Paris and ended up in uh, Andalusia, Spain. <laughs> almost the same, you know, <laughs> it's Latin culture. So Yeah, for sure. It's it's connected back to Europe. I think uh, even if you ask most most of my friends from back home, um, they aren't surprised that I decided mm-hmm. to go that I, that I decided to have such a uh, a change in lifestyle. And so you say your 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 friends are not surprised. You adapted to the local culture and you 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 went for for this. How has your lifestyle and how has the culture changed? so much for you as an American coming to Spain, where were the big major differences? So definitely the two uh, major differences for me, for example, is um, the culture. That's number right. one. And then uh, a little bit of the meal time. But first I'll start <laughs> about culture because that's why... <laughs> The culture is, I think, the biggest difference. Um, I'm used to an extremely fast-paced lifestyle. And Mm. it's true in the north of Spain, for example, when you live in the big city like Madrid or Barcelona, uh, it's it's fast-paced. It's faster. For sure. But uh, coming from... Yeah, it's faster. But having such a change, like a drastic change, heading down to the south of Spain, um, this, for me, the concept of mañana or tomorrow is (laughs) quite common here. Yeah. What are uh, things tend to get, you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> It can wait. I'll be fine. <laughs> Chill out. And honestly, it's a it's something that I really think changes changes you as a person. I mean, at the end of the day, maybe some things aren't so much of a rush. Maybe right. for me, I I've adapted well. I I feel. I feel good with it. I feel comfortable. Um, I've learned to take a step back and enjoy things a little bit more. Yeah. And that's yeah. my, my personal experience. Every person is different. Every American is different. <laughs> you know? But yeah. So do you, do you feel there's a bit more focus on what the present moment and what's actually happening and the interaction sure. that you're having rather than thinking about that next thing you have to to do or the next goal absolutely i i believe it i believe so i think um you know in the working world it's a bit different but in 
I'm referring to maybe even a little bit more of my personal life. Yeah. Whereas you just have some more time to enjoy the people that are around you mm. um, or enjoy the places that you go. A major yeah. difference, because uh, I'm going to get into, you know, the, the meal times and a little bit of the mm-hmm. difference of that. But, you know, um, just to, to go outside to a cafe, to, to sit, to enjoy your surroundings, yeah. to, um, you know, interact with, with locals or it's, it's something that uh, for me is, is quite different. Right. <laughs> what about the meal times then? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, lunchtime in the United States. Let's get into it, huh? <laughs> uh, it's often quick, and it's often a bit earlier because you figure around lunchtime in if you want to talk about corporate America or just maybe school times, uh, lunch is about twelve o'clock. So here it's a little bit of a, a little bit of a change. It's a couple hours later, and um, in Spain there is siesta. Yeah, which well, you know, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a small break. It's a small break. Mm-hmm. It's like taking a nap. And although that you think like, for example, the south of Spain, it's a little bit, um, it's a little bit more slower paced, and we have siesta. This is really it comes back to the climate. It gets yeah. hot. It gets in super summer, hot in the summer. <laughs> it's crazy. Speaking, I mean, you know, and if especially for this is kind of comes back like to to the older tradition of when they would work outside and they were in the campos, they were in the countrysides. You can't work at from like twelve to twelve to three, twelve to four. This is the hottest time of the yeah, <laughs> the hottest the time day. of the day. So, uh, for example major this this was a bit of a major change for me so having having lunch a little bit later and then having that relax relaxing time that little period to relax but it's Um, also the same with the schools the schools mm -hmm. the kids get out under like full break at around two or something like that yeah so it's it's a little bit it's just a little bit later so you're gonna get out um you're gonna get out and then you're gonna go home and have lunch typically so and that's about you can have it between I would say two to three latest four I mean it really it depends but it can get it can get a bit late and um the meal itself the meal this is a lunchtime is is the largest meal of the day right whereas in the United States for sure it's not my (laughs) my major meal is dinner time Right. Yeah. Lunch is, you know, something quick, something easy, a salad. Uh, that's the most typical. I know I'm being super, uh, super typical. But um, <laughs> our our lunch in Spain for the United States is, a, is more of like our dinner. Right. <laughs> that bigger meal of the day. And I don't know, hopefully maybe we have a second to talk about it, but I just want to tell you a little bit about my first experience with siesta. Yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> My first real experience with siesta um, was when I was living in a, in a small town in Seville. Okay. So I had, I had just arrived to the town. Um, I was really excited for this new journey. My first time living in Spain. Super awesome. I was working at a local school. So again, we talked about the fact that we get out a little bit. We get out for lunchtime. Mm-hmm. So I was I would arrive home and, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't say I was super tired, but I knew I had to have lunch and I would walk through the town and everything was closed. 
everything. Closed, yeah. Shut so down. for me, <laughs> coming coming from a place where we're everything's open Monday through Sunday, yeah, <laughs> in the United States. And then like literally walking around and it's like, I'm walking home to have lunch and it's a ghost town. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Forget the errands during so, lunchtime. <laughs> forget it. Forget the bank. Forget the errands you have to run. Uh, forget it all. You're not doing anything between like 2.30 to 5.30. Yeah. It's definitely hard to adapt to that and say, well, I have to change my whole agenda. I actually just have to take For quiet sure. time now. And it's not a choice. <laughs> mm-hmm. It definitely is not a choice. Listen, you don't have to sleep, uh, but you definitely need to relax. You need to just yeah. take a break. And it's okay. <laughs> yeah. It's not bad. I like it. Yeah. But I, I, I do think, yeah, it probably takes a couple of weeks to actually get it and accept it and make a your body bit a bit more used to it also just uh, that change in rhythm but yeah I could see it when I did a week of co-working in Sevilla last year two weeks and with my friend we'd get in we'd get in around 10 people were usually there much earlier in the morning but yeah at half past 12 we were out we were going for lunch we were the first ones leaving. We'd come back at maybe one or two. Everyone was gone for two hours. <laughs> and it was just that, yeah, completely different it's, time zone. It's, a, it's night and day change, for real. Yeah. Definitely. And it's even hard to find a restaurant open at 12. Like, you don't find them. They... I would say maybe, did you have a little bit a little bit more luck in, in Malaga, perhaps? Malaga yes Malaga was much easier and the co-working I was at was full of internationals so everyone was sort of on the rest of Europe lunch break and the thing is yeah when you're not working for a local company I have meetings at two like two is when I get back (laughs) so you can't really say well just because I'm here for two weeks we're gonna like switch everything around and do a meeting at 1 p.m. instead it doesn't work that way yeah for sure absolutely it's it's it depends too like for example if you work um I worked in in public schools so that's that's a little bit different than maybe private work for example Mm. if you're with a private company it really it depends but siesta totally for any American interested in coming to Spain, just know in Andalusia, siesta is real. <laughs> it's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe av- avoid Andalusia in the full summer because it's like the locals leave it's anyway. So it's, it's much too hot. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And Seville's, uh, I lived in, I lived in Seville and Seville was one of the, one of the hotter, hotter yeah. places, hotter places sure. to be. Malaga, we're lucky it's enough. To have see. It's a bit breezier. <laughs> You'll be okay. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> so um, um, a little bit of the language barrier and how to adapt to the Spanish language. Hmm? I know uh, it, it was something major for me uh, to be able to adapt, you know, to have that major initial change of language. Yeah. Um, 
so I mentioned I had studied Spanish. Okay. So I had studied Spanish right. before. That's why I took my semester to get back into Spain, you know, mm-hmm. get into the Spanish speaking country. But at the end of the day, nothing, nothing compared to just reading books or watching films. It's yeah. full immersion. Mm. <laughs> and I'm not going to knock studying. It's extremely important to to study grammar and, you know, and to work towards a goal, but to really immerse yourself is the best way. Uh, when I first got here, I thought I could speak Spanish until I was surrounded by Spanish speakers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is there a difference in dialect? For sure. Absolutely. Uh, definitely the dialect to begin with. Um, because in the United States, we're definitely, I think we're, we're, we have a little bit more influence of, um, Latin, Latin America and Latinos and this Spanish, Latin America, it's, it's a bit different. Hmm. And then getting into Spain, specifically the South of Spain, where we cut every word, (laughs) uh, intimidating, let's put it that way. I think the most important thing for me was just, you know, don't be ashamed if you can't speak. Yeah. Um, Try to just be like, have patience with yourself. It's intimidating at first, but Mm. go for it. Don't worry what you sound like. That's how you learn. Yeah. And I guess people, as soon as you make an effort, people are are pretty patient and will accept that it's it's not going to be perfect. Yeah. For sure, absolutely. I mean, they they know that you know you're 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 someone young. You're coming here by yourself. You're trying something new. Of course, you you just have to you have to find that support system and in, in friends. Some you know hmm. some aren't really interested, and that's okay too. It happens everywhere. Some yeah. have more patience with you than others, but at the end of the day, every interaction is important, whether it's good or hmm. bad. You know? Yeah, it's gonna help you make that small step at some point. And so what about those interactions with locals? How were you meeting locals? So a concept in Spain um, that I absolutely love are intercambios. These are language exchanges. Oh, right. Yeah, something I totally, I did not know, I I didn't know existed. Um, back in the United States, this is something like very, very strange for us. When I studied abroad, um, I got introduced to a couple of local language exchanges. Um, they, you know, it's, it's a mix of international Mm. people, English speakers, Spanish, French, German, anything, you name it, it's here. It's there. Yeah. This is what, this is what helped me to be able to, you Mm. know, help someone with their English and they helped me a bit with Spanish. It gave me more confidence. And I think, yeah, was- because you're both in the same situation and you absolutely, you get that breeder also sometimes when you switch back to, mm-hmm. to English. Absolutely. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's it, languages can be exhausting. You know, when you're mm. when you become bilingual, um, are, how many languages do you speak? Out of um, I'm I'm fluent English and French and I'm learning Italian so I've a bit of Italian a bit of German in my old study days but I never practiced I never went into immersion so 
that's yeah. sort of gone now but <laughs> it's very <Yeah>. Italian <laughs> Italians uh Italians your goal for now that's super that's yeah super- Italian's the goal <laughs> good have you ever been to an intercambio a language exchange I have a long time ago for German <clears throat> but I never really continued. I did at some point did a little bit of language exchange with a colleague and she was Italian and I'd that was back in Dublin and we started a little bit over the pandemic. We'd do the Zoom calls uh in Italian and I'd share like talk about the Netflix shows I was watching in Italian basically. <laughs> I, I mean, for a couple of weeks, it didn't go on very long, but yeah, we we did a little, a little bit. But they they were extremely helpful for sure. That is awesome. Yeah, I mean, there's just so many there's so many takeaways from hmm. from being able to um you know exchange exchange the language with someone. It's fulfilling. Yeah. I'm actually thinking my my com- my current company where a lot of internationals they started a Spanish Slack channel. For, oh, wow. for those who want to learn Spanish. So there are a couple of Spanish, some are fluent, some are learning. And everyone speaks Spanish in that. It's the let's speak Spanish Slack channel. Oh, I think it's a really good idea. Incredible. That is so <laughs> awesome. Will you be joining? Are you? No. Uh, I, I mean, I'm going to try and get a, an Italian uh, Slack channel. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm here for it. I can't wait. Maybe next year we'll be speaking Italian. Let's see what we can come up with. (laughs) Awesome. Very cool. All right. Um, What about a local tradition? I know it's something you wanted to talk about. Um, So I wanted to talk a little bit about a local tradition. Um, This is called, it's actually a music. It has to do with music. So uh, my love for music, you know, in Spain has led me to discover, uh, discover more of the importance of music in Spain. Mm-hmm. So initially you would think, okay, it's probably flamenco, right? <laughs> Super typical. <laughs> well, uh, although we totally think of flamenco, I'm talking about a local tradition here in Malaga that comes from the mountains. It's called verviales. Okay. Have you ever heard of this before? No, I haven't. I'm interested. It's kind of unique. So Verdiales, like I told you, it comes from the mountains of Malaga. It's where it was born and it's pretty it's pretty rooted. Uh, it's rooted in local community. So okay. it's generational. It's passed down. Hmm. So that's that's kind of how you learn. That's how you learn this this musical tradition. The associations are called pandas. Okay. Uh, and they are typically live performances, and you'll see them mostly in local festivals, for example. Right. Um, but there's also competitions throughout the year. I went to my first competition. It was awesome. So I'm just going to explain a little bit about what it is. So the groups are of 10 to 20 people. They're huge. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's a bunch you need of, a big stage for that. <laughs> you, need, you need a big stage. And it's super cool because these it's filled with a bunch of different instruments, um, musical instruments. The, the main ones are a massive tambourine. Okay. So think of a tambourine, how it's small, but it's like amplify it. Double, triple, right. it's enormous. Uh, we have flamenco guitars, cas- cassinets. 
Ah, the castanets. Yeah, my grandparents had some. <laughs> yeah, really? Uh, yeah. Never tried. They're very hard to, um, to handle at first. Like, it's it's crazy. <laughs> you need, like, very good reflexes, very good... Uh, yeah, strong fingers. <laughs> all hands. Um, singers, and, of course, you know, you have the dancers that are dancing. So, okay. so um, it's a, yeah, full performance. It's a full performance. And they're dressed in their, their traditional attire, um, and what's cool about them is that they sing in a circle. Oh. So it's pretty interesting. Okay. The music, it's its very hard to explain the music, but I promise if you just look up a video of Verdiales, you'll be like, whoa, what is this? Um, so on top of the fact that, you know, it's super unique, they sing in circles, they have the tambourines, the castanets, the singers, they have a super traditional hat that they wear, which is really cool. <laughs> it's like this ornate brimmed hat. It's super big. Um, it has like flashy, it's super flashy. It has pearls. It has little tiny wow. mirrors, flowers, ribbons. If you could paint the picture in your head, you're like, what is this? <laughs> these little mirrors so so i was told these little mirrors um they were to reflect the sun because these oh. were these were groups that would like walk like from villages to villages you could hear them in the okay. distance so this little reflection from the sun used with the mirror was to tell the town like to kind we're of coming. them that we're coming run away all right interesting yeah it's kind of pretty yeah. cool you know a lot of little details that that come into it. It is, and it's uh, you know, every every single town or every place in Spain has their own tradition, but it's pretty mm. cool. Well, yeah, we'll link a video so everyone can see. Absolutely, we'll show you the verdiales. Okay, well, let's move on to your recommendations in Malaga then. Okay, You've been awesome. there a while. So, what is your bar or cafe? restaurant and carte blanche whatever you want yeah so um my recommendation would be la tranca right okay so la tranca this is like a super unique bar it's in malaga capital so it's in the okay. center of malaga it's a really it's really traditional it's um a traditional spanish bar it has uh old music it serves traditional tapas um and once you enter it's kind of small it's a little bit tiny. So definitely my advice is to try to arrive a bit earlier to get a spot. Yeah. <laughs> when you walk in, it's wall to wall with old records. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, the records of the classic Spanish songs, um, the artists, a lot of them are signed. So it's mm. like super cool. Uh, but yeah, like I said, it gets packed. So try to get there a little early. You can you can eat standing up. So there are a couple of tables in the front of the restaurant, but it's more of like, you know, you eat, you dance a little bit, tapas, have a wine, have a cerveza. Um, and it, it's super fun. Sometimes at night, you know, once the once the wine or the cerveza is in your system, uh, you definitely <laughs> see a lot of like local local people just like dancing a little bit of flamenco yeah. if a song comes on. Uh, it's really cool. I think... If you want like a genuine experience or something a little bit mm -hmm. different, 
I would I would definitely check out La Tranca. Um, okay. So they count up the way that you get your bill at the very end. Right. So, you know, you're, you're paying, you get your bill. It's not like here, let me print you out a receipt, right? Mm. So go up to the counter um, and they, they take chalk on a board and they add up the numbers. Okay. <laughs> it's like, I know, it's like their little touch. Something like, cool. yeah. Uh, it's <laughs> something kind of fun. Nice. <laughs> what about your restaurant then? The typical restaurant is El Pimpi. Okay. So El Pimpi is super traditional. This is in the center, like the heart of the center in front uh, in front of the Alcazaba. Oh, okay. Um, it's major. Now it is, I believe, co-owned or not fully owned by Antonio Banderas. Wow. <laughs> this, is, uh, this, is, this is his restaurant, which is super cool. It's about 40 years old. So oh, it's wow. the longest, yeah, it's the longest standing winery in Malaga. Once you go in, you'll see these huge barrels. Uh, and it's super typical that you find all of the all of the signatures of the stars that have gone through mm-hmm. over the 40 mm-hmm. years. Can you imagine <laughs> the amount of um, awesome, awesome artists. And again, it's, it's a bit of, you can find traditional Spanish food as well as um, a lot of fried food, a lot of fried food from Malaga. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a staple. If you hear of Malaga, people tend to go to El Pimpi. This right. is, it's a major restaurant. I definitely would recommend El Pimpi for sure. It's a hot spot. So again, like, like another one. We'll add it to the list. <laughs> definitely make a reservation. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Noted. And okay. so what about your carte blanche? So I would say, like, I love nature. Okay. And I think, I think here, especially, um, because we live in Malaga, you live next to the sea and next to the mountain. Mm. It's totally, it's just, it's just a vibe to be out in nature. Yeah. And for me, I really enjoy, um, I, I enjoy hiking. I enjoy, I enjoy the roots. I enjoy um, gardens, plants, all of it. So I think something a little bit interesting that's a bit outside of the city. I love the Jardín de la Concepción. This oh. is like a botanical garden. Yeah. It's a bit, maybe like 10 minutes from the center. You could take a car, you could take a bus. Uh, it has all of the plants. Like it's home to just such a variety of different plants. Uh, right. Plants, flowers. It's like from places of all over the world because it's such yeah. a, because the climate is so amazing here, everything grows. Mm. So it's an awesome, you, you have to pay like a small entrance fee to get in. On Sundays, it's open. It's I think on Sundays, it's open for free. And it's beautiful just to like, you know, hike a little bit, get into nature and really be surrounded. Yeah, get the greenery, scenery, yeah. exotic flowers. Absolutely. And at the very, very top, there is this beautiful view of, you know, just the, the city below. It's gorgeous. Wow. I think for me, a bit of the hiking away from the food, away from the hustle and bustle, you're yeah. just... You remember how how gorgeous of a place you're in. The region, yeah, the region has a lot a lot to offer. It's lovely. <laughs> for sure. I could go on about hiking trails and, and towns, but for now this is it's a good one close to the center. Yeah. Easy access. Probably. Easy access. <laughs> sure. 
All right. Well, let's finish up with your expat song. Okay. I I had a few in mind. Um, this is just one that I really love. Okay. This is a song that actually is from a very famous artist called um, Antonio Flores. Okay. Lola Flores is the very famous uh, Spanish singer that comes from Spain. She's a flamenco artist. Mm. This is actually, uh, this is her son. And the song is called Alba. It's probably one of the first, maybe one of the first or like one to five top songs that I've listened to. It's super famous. This actually talks about, it talks about a jardín, a garden. <laughs> and he's, he's speaking of his daughter. And uh, he talks about this jardín and he's saying, you know, like, she, she's my garden. She's, she's the beauty of life. She's, I don't know. For me, it's a great interpretation because it reminds me of, um, you know, the strong bond that a father would have with their daughter or something mm. like this. And, um, of course, not moving away, not having my family with me. I just yeah. thought it was like, it was a lovely song to talk about, you know, for me, the interpretation of the bond between family, between a father yeah. and and a daughter and you know things are always beautiful and you have to think about it as like a jardin a garden mm, <laughs> and nice this little nice aspect this is a, <laughs> a nice song. Right. brings yeah. us back to family because you know at the end of the day well, uh, it's important family. and when you're far it's difficult to find those ways to keep the link and keep the connection also Yes, absolutely. And I, I, I heard this song, like the acoustic version, he plays it live. It's, it's a beautiful song. And um, definitely very famous for Spain, too. It's a famous song. Okay. We'll add a YouTube yes. link for sure. <laughs> absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Nicole, for sharing the local traditions and top places in Malaga and the area, as well as your your big culture, culture shocks and language tips. Uh, it's lovely to have you. Um, guys, as usual, if you enjoyed the episode, put a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also follow Nicole on Instagram. It's L'Americana Abroad, I think. Yes, thank you so much. <laughs> great, uh, great content around the region. <laughs> For sure, if you're traveling there, go follow. And yeah, as usual, you can follow all the updates on Instagram. And if you want to contribute, there is a TP open. So 